Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads. Hello, everybody. The one and only podcast on the net, on the web. Dedicated. It, how much, Mike? 100%. Ish. To the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. I'm Dave. I'm Jeff. That's Kilroy. Yes. I could just see the top of your eyes. Put well, your hands over, over the top of the screen like that. Put, yeah, put your hands up like that. Oh, are we, like put your, put oh, your fingers okay. up, Mike, like yeah, Kilroy. Right. Like, yeah. no, no, he goes like hands. this. Yeah. Yeah, there you, there. you go. There. Kil, Kilroy was here yeah. for you hey. listening to the podcast and not watching it on YouTube. Mike Rizzi's head is halfway behind the computer in the picture. Down here in the broadcast foxhole. This is episode 300 and 10. 10. 310. Wow, wow, 310. December 12th, 2022. That's right. Oh, so, I, I went. You did it. Sorry. I'll have to edit it. I have it to out. go sit in the yard. <laughs> hey, the ASL Open is coming up. Oh, no kidding. Are we attending? Yes or no? Oh, it's the E. It's an E Open. ASL. Oh, it is an E Open again. Starting March 2nd, 2023. Um, you can get the registration forms and the scenario list. With special rules from the scenario modules for Manila, Einor, uh, you can always agree to play any scenario if the selections for that round don't thrill you and your opponent. And then rounds five, six, seven are incomplete yet, and he'll add to them. David Goldman will, and once he receives your registration, he'll send you a Dropbox link to the Vassal setups and the tournament rules. That David, he is getting very uh, space age. He certainly very is very modern. And it's uh, cash prizes also. And how would somebody find out the details on this? You, you'll put a link in the show notes? I Well, it's his email address, which he didn't mind us giving out before. Yeah, right. It's okay. Ferengo1000 at sbcglobal.net. Okay. And um, or you I'm could sure head over all to... this information is in one of the Game Squad things. Yeah, Game Squad. So we'll find that, put a link perhaps. It's always good to go over to Game Squad and see what's going on. Yep. Otherwise, what's up with you two? I have deleted my social media. Oh, good. Yes. Which one? I had four Twitter accounts. Oh, so we still have the half squads. Yeah, I didn't delete that one, but I had three others. No, I had four others. That you used how often? Um, I stopped using it because it was so nasty, caustic. Oh, yes. You've said that before. And I've always I just, been like, yeah, I don't like Twitter. No, it's not. The half squads, we get all just cool stuff. Well, gaming stuff. For those people that have some discipline and can stay within the confines of whatever topics they're interested in, it's fine. But if you're somebody like me who is easily distracted by stuff in the in the news stream, all the crazy stuff that goes on, I just don't feel like it's a good platform. And I never feel good about spending time there. That's And so um, I'm out. A good choice. So I deleted it. It's a good choice for you. I feel great. Yes. Indeed. And I, and I look great. And I smell great. <laughs> um, this is on. So yeah, that's it. That's it for me. I'm a new man. Excellent. A nude man. From the waist down. Yeah. And Mike, what have you been up to lately? How's your knee? Oh, well, the knee's just a byproduct. Just recovering from a bout of the COVID. It's a fun time, I can tell you. Yeah, congratulations on your recovery. The first time right now in the foxhole. Yeah, you look good. Thank you. The makeup artist did well. Yeah. Your wife got you all made up yes. nicely. That's right. That's right. There's color in your cheeks and everything. Good. good. She could get a job at the funeral home. She did such a good job. <laughs> yeah, you had it kind of bad for a while. Huh? It was, I, I mean, won't just say bad. it was horrible. Yeah. It was really no more than a really bad cold, but it was persistent. For yeah. Two weeks. It just wouldn't go away. So. And so you had to, you just felt obligated to lay on the couch and watch yes, movies. That's right. You have to take advantage of these moments. So I got to say, it sounds good. I, I still don't want to get it, but no, it sounds pretty good. Did you watch anything interesting? I watched um, To Have or Have Not, the Bogart movie that was kind of like Casablanca. And I don't think it'll ruin it for anybody. No. If you could tell us the end, do they? do they have it or do they not have it i i guess they had it but oh they had it what yes. covid 
whatever no. it is they had the universal have, it the MacGuffin. yeah it's a MacGuffin, maybe um well spoilers they all get away it's a little more cheery ending than, than oh. oh okay it's not like the you know the bittersweet ending yeah it's kind of like let's get out of here i really think rick um in casablanca did the right thing yeah send the probably. girl off send her off they're, they're trouble i'm telling you didn't somebody write a sequel where they get back together again during the war oh really novel something's I, ringing a bell yeah it sounds yeah. vaguely familiar i bet that was a stinker probably so to have or have not so you had two weeks and that's all you got watched or? oh no then of course well my wife had it with me so it was a oh, sheer adventure okay so we so and was that 50 was my, 50 you, no you it, that one? was my one pick for the two <laughs> <laughs> we then we resumed our normal okay. knitting schedule where she likes to watch endless hours of uh epic tv uh, yeah you know. dark shadows we did not watch dark shadows mm. you probably could have gotten through a good chunk of dark shadows probably. across those two weeks we yeah. watched a lot of monk which is something we had never seen before oh okay was so that worth watching because neither of us really wanted to think too much while we were recovering mm -hmm. but that was fun. I hadn't seen it before. Yeah. How about you, Dave? Um, just media-wise, doing I'm doing the Wednesday series on Netflix by Tim Burton. Oh. It's kind of a classic Tim Burton kind of thing back in the feel of Edward Scissorhands. Yeah, I've never seen that. Is that worth watching? Yeah, Edward Scissorhands? Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. Yes, you have to see that. Okay. Yeah. And I'm enjoying the Wednesday thing. I wasn't sure. And I was reading smart. It's kind of like a teen thing. They're at Hogwarts. It's never more school and cheese, but I, it's got me. I, I'm really just enjoying it. The girl, and she doesn't blink her eyes. She doesn't. Which someone told me at a party yesterday. And so then when I watched it, this episode last night, I caught her blinking once Wednesday. Uh, yes. And then when you see your blink, you have to take a shot. Is that how that goes? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was also one of our picks, one of our picks. Did you so watch Wednesday? Wednesday? We watched Wednesday, yes. Oh, did you like it? Or? I did. It was fun. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's you know, not Earth Shatter, but it's a traditional Tim Burton thing. It's right. Like yeah. Quirky things and... That's right. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, quirky's good. Well, that music means it's time for letters, letters, letters. But first, we'd like to thank Portland Kemsky, Achbiter, the one true Flem, Kyle B, Dee Dee Presley, John Clark, Brian Meredith, iHouse 19, Dave 103, Ed Carter, Michael Hastrup Left, C Scott Kippen, Nikki Bauer. Martin Ferris, King of the Ones, Wednesday, Guglielmo Mignon, Rob Johnson, Russell Martin, and John Freeman, all for subscribing to us on YouTube. Let's look at that. YouTube. All you have to do is subscribe to us on YouTube and we'll, your name will be immortalized. And then deleted from our letters yes. section. Yeah. Thank you for subscribing. Is there anyone else you'd like to thank, Jeff? I'd like to thank Z. Oh, I did it again. I'd like to thank Zeke for the uh, Patreon for his Patreon support. We really appreciate that, Zeke. And to Russell, I won't say his full name, but to Russell and Nelson and Ryan for and, backing us also. And Lee. Oh yes, and Lee. That's a. Uh, I thought that was a comma after the M. Or I thought it was. Russell M. M Lee and then Lee but it's M not. okay all right and we love the hat Ryan nice choice in yeah your very picture. good very good beautiful and it now we've like got some ah, very good. some letters take it away Jeff okay dear Jeff and Dave or Dave and Jeff once again I want to congratulate you on your series of episodes on prisoners I think I understand the subject much better now you frequently mentioned that prisoners don't happen a lot. I believe there are some scenarios that have prisoners as part of the original order of battle. I've been going through some of those 
some uh, scenario packs recently looking at SSRs. I've seen several that have one set or another with unarmed units that have special roles. Oh, cool. I appreciate Jeff's recent comments about SSRs. It seems that SSRs come in two flavors. First, there are those that are essential tweaks to the game system. These are the ones we see frequently, such as regarding kindling, abandon, abandoning of AFEs and the like. But there are some that seem intended to add to the historical flavor of the particular scenario. These give leaders or heroes or weapons special capabilities or take away special capabilities. The creativities of these scenario designers is to be commended. Perhaps my favorite though, I haven't played this scenario, is one of uh, Heat of Battle's Long March Packet, where the KMT have cauldrons available as a weapon. Really? Do you, cool. do you guys know this one? I don't know this one. Imagine that hot oil being poured on the attackers yeah, right. of a medieval Long castle. Yeah. Mike Sorry. knows that one. Yep, oh, we okay. played through all the Long March scenarios a couple of years ago. Oh, wow. Uh, once again, I want to commend you on your continued excellent podcast, P.T. Yonkins. Thank you. Thank you, P.T. I have one. Hello, Dave and Jeff. I've been catching up on your past shows. I'm back in the Philippines. Looks like I'll be staying here for a good period of time. Still look forward to the episodes. I've always enjoyed the rules podcast because there's nobody here to bounce the questions off of. Have you any idea who in the Philippines is looking for an opponent ever think of keeping an opponent's wanted file for local and international players? You used to have an app that showed where people were tuning in. Keep up the great job you're doing with the game. Looking forward to the next podcast, Stephen Banks. So anyone in the Philippines needs to let us know how you can hook up with Stephen. Yeah. I thought to send some requests to Jackson Kwan. And he replied with these two things, that Vlad C is the primary player we have in the Philippines. So Stephen trying to find Vlad. And I'm, uh, oh, and I think um, Jackson's going to forward the info to him. And he let us know that he said, I have moved to the UK since a year ago. My moniker of Hong Kong Wargamer is false advertising. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sorry, wow. Jackson. I think he told us he was moving. I, yeah, I, he I did. Forgot. He did. I forgot. So I totally like, You're forgot over there, aren't you? <laughs> Mike, you got one? I have one. Hey, fellas, the latest show was good. The last one with the interviews with Ken and Perry was excellent. I'm looking forward to more excellence in 2023. Sincerely and happy holidays, Robert Barrett. Thank you, Robert. Well, you can look forward to lots of things, Robert, but yeah. <laughs> excellence from this podcast. It happens occasionally. <laughs> when we have guests on. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Dave and Jeff, how about a tour of your foxholes in a future episode to show us what you have on the shelf? You know, like what's in the box, only what's on the shelf, like Dread Pirate. I think he saw a Dread Pirate sitting on my shelf over here. What a great game that is. Just saying, says Grumble Jones. Thanks, Grumble. And uh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. we might, might do we a We should tour. independently film that. Can you film it on your own? I think so. And then like we'll slip it into a show? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll try to do it also. Mike, Rizzy, I think yes. you need to do it also. I would be happy to. Unless we have fear of someone breaking into our homes and stealing all our stuff once they see it online. I don't know how many burglars are really interested in games. Okay. That's true. You yeah. think so? Yeah. Okay. They take really expensive stuff like TVs. Oh, wait, TVs aren't expensive anymore. And games are. You can't give away a TV either. Probably not. <laughs> True. Yes. Uh, Mike, would you take the next one? Why, yes. What a better way to end summer vacation than with a new episode of the Two Half Squads. I'm out on the balcony enjoying the sunshine and fresh air. And given the topic of prisoners in this episode... You can say I'm really a captive audience. Yuck, yuck, says Dennis. <laughs> oh, Dennis. Never get tired of Dennis and his great puns. Master punner. We had a bunch of great compliments on the posting for the song that uh, was done. Dennis, oh, Dennis Dennis's and, friend. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, great song based on the Bob Dylan hit. Really hilarious. Yeah, folks. Tangled up it. in rules. It's excellent. And then uh, Jim Bishop sent this about prisoners. To understand surrender, 
you first must understand interdiction routes phase surrender is based on interdiction and you can't enforce it without understanding it and that's where you if you're adjacent to the enemy and you're broken and you can't route without using low without crawl because you'll be interdicted then yes. you surrender that's instead right. it's a great way to catch people and he says regarding with capture with unarmed escaped units Rule A26.11, during play, a side gains control of a location hex building by occupying it with a armed, good order, infantry, multi-man counter. So no, an unarmed escaped unit cannot capture a VC location. They can deny control if they are escaped, however. He's clarifying a mistake that I'm sure I made on the show. <laughs> no, you never... Now, should I read this next one? This is a bit long. But... It's okay. We have to yeah. fill 20 minutes. Okay. <laughs> I'll read slowly. <laughs> oh, hello from Germany. Why do I write this? I play a ASL for four and a half years now and just recently switched from starter kit to full ASL. I play mostly via play by email on a daily basis and live via Vassal every Friday night. A joke, a free, a joke a few weeks ago between me and my friend from the US who I play ASL with, ended up with me planning to set up a tournament over here in Germany. I found a good place to run the thing at, so things are now getting serious. Excellent. I've never been to an ASL tournament. I'm an ASL newbie, but none of that should be a reason for not doing this. I've organized and run many concerts for years in the past, but never anything like ASL tournament. And that's where I can use any help ideas that I can get. And that's why I tried to get in touch with you. Anything can help. I don't expect many people to show up, to be honest. It's the first time I'm doing this. I live in Northeast Germany, and I'm not really active on boards at this point. Sure, we'll sign up on boards. I can find to uh, promote it. Yes, we recommend uh, Game Squad, and Facebook is also a very good spot for that. Mm -hmm. uh, what am I looking for? first? I'm just trying to get in touch with people who play this great game and who may have been part of a tournament. Any info, tournament style, scenarios, time limit would help. I would love to have a KO system, but if I, if I get less than six people signing up, I guess everybody would be against everybody. That would work best. What a wall of words. Sorry about that. Maybe you can share anything with me. I would highly appreciate that. Thank you in advance, Andreas. And Andreas, I think I had responded with the minimum of stuff. You got any quick advice from you guys for him on any of this? Um, charge a lot and then make off with the, <laughs> cancel the thing and make off with the money. Certainly yeah. don't have elimination rounds where people don't play. So everyone's got to keep yeah. playing for yeah, points. Yeah. What is that called? The Swiss something style? Swiss, um, yeah. Is that a... <laughs> I don't know what they call that. I don't know. I don't go to enough tournaments to know. But people that. can from Germany and from anywhere in Europe, email us. We get you in touch with Andreas. Yeah. Anyone send us advice. I'll forward it all on over to Andreas. Yes. And Andreas will encourage you, like I say, to join uh, Game Squad and you can post there and I'm sure you'll get tons of involvement from the group, the great group of guys over there. Yep. Certainly keep it short to start off with. Don't I think don't try and have it go Thursday night to sunday afternoon yeah do a short yeah. one maybe yeah. just a weekend or something yeah and then reuben james wrote thank you jeff and dave this podcast has been oddly entertaining addition to this game oddly entertaining no there's a there's an endorsement <laughs> and you, you have done a lot to help me along my learning journey See? that's, that's yeah, very nice really. that's very nice congrats on 300 great work <laughs> mike you got thanks one? reuben Here's a short one. Great video. I really like the miniatures. Thanks for making the video from Sarge Dutch. Ah, uh, yes, that was for uh, Hayes. Oh, yes, right. Three, you know, yeah, miniature. Yeah, that? yep, that was good. Guys, have been enjoying catching up with your podcasts. One of the folks I mentor in the Panzer Grenadier Academy sent me a starter kit last May as a present. Over the years, I had avoided ASL like the plague as it appeared both complex and extensive. That is a costly endeavor. But as I approached my second 40th birthday, the ease of learning 
of learning through the starter kits and the replayability of the system drew me in. Mm -hmm. So never fear the demise of the game as it can attract new players of all ages. And thanks for taking the time to do the podcast. It's so enjoyable that I've listened to over 200 episodes already. Ooh. Bob P., a former Chicagoan still living in the heartland, but a bit, a bit further west. Thanks, Bob. Thank you very much, Bob P. Mike, you got that one? Nice. Sure do. Morning, gentlemen. Oh, Keep it's evening. But well, it, it, yes, but when oh. he wrote it. Oh. So we have to go with the time of the writing. <laughs> okay. Keep up the great work. I can't always get to the, listen to those pods as they happen. Having them on your site is a wonderful thing. My question is, I know it already has been done, but does MMP plan on doing anything with a grand campaign of the Normandy beach landing or anything in the Vietnam era? Thanks again, Roy Goble. Vietnam era, Jeff. Interested in ASL Vietnam? I would say yes, I am. Yeah. Mike Rizzi? More I so than the Korean. Amenable. Yeah. Yes. More so than the Korean, Jeff. Yeah. Just for me, yes. I think it would work. Interest level. I think it could work well, especially when you're yeah, talking about... So traps uh yeah asl can capture the flavor right, it, of yes, all that it already yes yeah yeah essentially and the pacific train is done but we have not heard of anything like that so the new stuff is going to be that pair drops the same Marigles will be the norm the next normandy thing yeah right yeah and the next one from charles giannone 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 I says well, he wants to see rules for armored trains one day as they were used in World War II, especially by the Polish in 39. The armored trains, Miley. Is that like Boat Bodie McBoatface? Smiley? Smiley, Polish for bold. Smiley. Okay. Sometimes PP53 and officially armored train number 53 was an armored train of the Polish army. It saw significant action during the German invasion of Poland in September 39. Thank you, Charles. That's a great idea. I think that is that is great idea. Train rules coming from MMP, but also didn't Steve Swan say he was working on the armored train rules? That does sound familiar. Yeah, with another production company. So right. we'll be looking forward to those. And lately, I've been uh, just filling in some empty hours watching train videos, uh, model train videos, because I used to do model trains. Okay, model train. Way back when I that's, was. Now that's cool. Oh, we didn't get into it too extensively right. but it's really fun to watch the amazing model train layouts that people come with and so this would be a nice uh, mashup to do uh, some asl miniatures and armored trains and bring it all together oh yeah. my gosh i would be a, like a something in something <laughs> <laughs> and then alan hume sent us the link for the errata on his scenarios from the covered pack uh, is there a, con a contest going on right now to win covered? There is. There is. Send us an email, Gmail with... Um, we got you covered or just yeah. the word covered. Yep. Yeah. In the heading is, and yeah. by January 1st. Yep. So you then... Win, you could win big. And I'll take this one on episode 299. Dave said some comments. That's me, Dave. Yeah. Uh, about box being oversized in the Manila game. Well, just to point from a different perspective some of us in the wargaming community decades ago had made the request to game publishers to make their boxes large enough to accommodate plastic storage compartments for the counters mm -hmm. this seemed like a better solution than storing the counters separately those of us who had browsed or purchased used war games on ebay or from the estates of late war gamers moment of silence please have often run into the problem of a box full of maps, rules, charts, and no counters as they were stored separately and did not fit in the box. And the estate had no clue how it all went together. Women. Yeah. <laughs> they can't see through all the tears, but, you know, this is important. Those kids, they should have paid better attention. Yeah. <laughs> Regarding ASL, the majority of ASL players appeared to store theirs and punch counters separately. Yeah, we do. You and me too. Ultimately, we, the players, have the freedom to choose how we keep our games stored. Perhaps the viewer opinion poll might shed light on this subject. Thus, please politely ask Dave not to destroy his manila box. That would be Jeff. I, yes, I, I have <laughs> destroyed boxes in the past. I've learned my lesson. I learned my lesson well. 
<laughs> if for any reason someone has gone through the effort of box design and its artwork, thank you for giving your attention to this matter. Roll low and rally well from Richard Blasco. Thank you, Richard. Yeah. I take very good care of my boxes now. Got one here. Hi, Jeff and Dave. I have finished listening to episode 299 on your coverage of the Manila ASL historical game. I happen to live quite near the area depicted in the game map. The most notable feature of the game is Intramuros. Uh -huh, Intramuros. Intramuros, which was originally the walled city of Manila found in map three and map one. It was established and built by the Spanish colonizers around 1570s that eventually expanded beyond the walls. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think there was ever a major Renaissance age structure this significant in any ASL historical game until now. Mike? That's possible. Probably. Probably. When the Japanese came 370 years later, they used it as a defensive position for their last stand. Unfortunately, Intramuros, as well as the surrounding churches, schools, hospitals, hotels, and houses were destroyed and around 100,000 civilians died. The city of Manila was eventually rebuilt while the Intramuros restoration started around the late 70s. The result of that rest restoration is what we see today. Check out the link below for some of the great old photos of Manila pre-war from the turn of the century during the start of the American occupation up to the 1920s and 30s and compare it with the post-war pictures taken sometime right after the battle around 1945 or 46. Being an ASLer and a local of Manila, I decided to take pictures of my own around Intramuros with the game box. I have posted this in Facebook and thought of sharing it with you since you are not in social media. I've taken the liberty to merge some of my pictures with the corresponding World War II images as well. I've also named the files according to the corresponding buildings and approximate hex in the game map. Hope you like it. Sincerely, Vlad. Mm, it's, I, I'm trying to remember something. There's something I'm supposed to do about the Philippines. I, I'm supposed to remember to ask someone or tell someone something. Do I have a letter for Bilbo Baggins? Am I supposed to give it to him? That's now? it. That's it. Or that's right. Or was it another listener who's looking for someone from the Philippines? That would be Vlad, who really is from the Philippines, and he's still there. So. And so, Vlad, you're going to get in touch with who was the other guy? Uh, I don't recall his name offhand because I have a short-term yeah. memory problem. <laughs> have you ever told me you have a short-term memory problem? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> and I put two of your photos, Vlad, on our post, and I put the link in down below to the other guy's pictures, Yeah, which are amazing. Yeah, Flipper, thanks very much. For check it out. Thanks okay. very much for sending us that, Vlad. That's yeah. fascinating. And uh, Mike, would you finish well, the yes. last two there? Haha, <laughs> I love the box I review. You guys crack me up. The model for the brave NCO depicted in the painting was none other than Ken Nutt, ASL aficionado, who I believe you had on your show before. Yes. And the unit insignia is the Trento division, if I remember correctly. Rolo, says Ken Smith. Okay. Ken Smith, the artist, the, the famous artist. artist. Yes. He's written us again. Yeah, nice. Very good. And, and last. Ken, don't forget to put Jeff and I, and Mike too, in your next painting. We need to go down <laughs> yeah. there and stand. We'll send pictures. Yeah. Oh an idea okay next letter let me take the last one there. yeah sure. why not dear jeff and dave i enjoy every the two hat squads podcast i like the banter and humor returning now to lurker status says zeke all right zeke thank you zeke get back we into your dark you. area there zeke yeah <laughs> thanks for all those great letters everybody we love hearing from you and uh, if you if you have anything you'd like us to do that we haven't been doing let us know like be interesting maybe that would well then gents thanks for doing that and now well join uh let's, john let's call john and, let's do that yeah yeah Very good. let's do that hey john hello how is everyone oh really good really good glad you could join us yes thanks for inviting me yeah. you're joining us from where kalamazoo michigan i'm sorry kalamazoo michigan no i heard you i just wanted you to know i'm sorry Oh, <laughs> we do a lot of really bad humor here. Over That's okay. Over. My humor is probably just as bad. I would get along just fine. My pastor just talked about growing up in 
Kalamazoo and some other city with a K name. Cucamonga? Kind of like that. And then, and then he goes, I don't know why I always seem to grow up in strangely named cities. <laughs> Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo is I, named I after, of course, uh, the Earl of Kalamazoo, or do we know? <laughs> he founded the from? city in 48. There, there was an Earl in Kalamazoo. Is that true? Not that I know. <laughs> I've never heard of that. See, I would have I would have come up with that name. Well, the K associated with Kalamazoo is usually Kellogg, right? That's the most famous. Ah, I well, that's Battle Creek, isn't it? Or well, yeah. yeah. Are they still there? Cranking up. I don't know. Flights. Is Battle Creek still though? Yeah, Battle Creek's still there. Yeah. With yeah. Kellogg though. Kellogg right. They make some Pop Tarts and cereal, you know. And then John, how did you come to know? You're a friend of Mike's, yes? Yes, yes. Uh, we, no, we, uh, <laughs> another apology coming. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we met playing World in Frames, um, what, 30 some years 30 ago? 30 some years ago, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then he showed, so that, he introduced. That was right after the war. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, World War One, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and then uh, he introduced me to ASL, and as they say, the rest is history. Yes. And do you still play World in Flames? We've talked about it. We, we talk about it. We miss yeah. it sometimes. Yeah. The yeah. group we played with in, in, this is when we were both living in Lansing, Michigan. We came together because the group in, in Lansing was like one of the, the main World in Flames groups in the country. And they went on, the guys who played that went on to create the WIFCON. So a lot of the guys we knew are well known in the wargaming community um, at the time because they would host this convention in Lansing. And I don't know what's happened to it since then. I just lost touch with a lot of those guys, but I, I'm sure there's still a World of Flames convention out there somewhere. And how would you compare the two? Totally different. But Roman Flames is the ultimate sort of grand strategy World War II game, you know, mm -hmm. the economics and building plans and, and you know, operational planning and, and the whole war with the politics side okay. and the diplomacy side. And you can play it, you know, it, a game of that will last months, you know, you, you work yeah. depending on how much you get into it and how often, because you can have multiple players. So, you know, it's one of those games where if you show up, you might not do anything all day. You know, we used to back when we were playing back this is early 90s you know we would we would set aside a whole saturday playing 12 hours sometimes and yep some of us wouldn't do a thing the whole day yep. <laughs> yeah we might get a, like a half a turn in maybe yeah, a half a turn yeah yep. some yep. of us yep. might get to make one decision yeah we'd bring a and board. maybe move a couple counters but yep. you know and was that fun it actually sounds still kind of interesting it's, yeah it's yes it's fun I mean, you know, you know, it's one of those games where, of course, everybody wants to play with all the rules and all the whole grand strategic game. It's, of course, designed to be played that way, but you can break it down into years or, you know, smaller mm -hmm. bits or mm -hmm. just play the Pacific or just play Europe. You know, you don't, mm -hmm. you don't have to do the whole thing. And it's a great yeah. game, great system. Yeah. Who got who into ASL? Mike got yeah. me into I ASL. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I'm glad he did. I mean. Yeah. He, he used to kick my butt something fierce the first, you know, couple years, but then uh, we evened out a little bit yeah, over we, time. That's right. And is that your ASL collection behind you there on the bookcase? Oh, no, those are just books for me. Yeah, just books. Is there a collection stashed away somewhere? Uh, a small one, yes. Yeah. But we play primarily Vassal because, you know, getting others locally here, there's no real group in mid-Michigan. Southwest Michigan anyway. Um, so Vassal has been great because without it, we wouldn't have been playing, but maybe 10 years when we knew each other living in Lansing yeah, right. and then would have been done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Vassal was a boom. And we hit it, you know, we were playing with Vassal right as Vassal first started coming out. So mm -hmm. that's, that's Vassal's existence. Yeah. Lots of growing pains with that, but you know, again, I couldn't say enough about all the programmers that do the behind the scenes stuff with Vassal, all that work um, to make it possible for anybody to play anybody from around the world. It's absolutely amazing. You know, I remember back when we first started, it was like constant disconnects and 
things would be very clunky to use and then now it's like a night and day night and day wonderful the biggest thing was remember no voice you know we yeah. type it all in everything communications is all yeah. every hold on i gotta stop you know yeah. before the discord days well it sounds kind of frustrating but still uh, more engaging maybe than world in flames where you only make a half a turn well <laughs> hours it, you know it's yeah. not we, I, I don't mean to disparage the game i mean yeah. we had a great time and you know oh, everybody yeah. Was, oh, yeah. It was a picnic day, you know. I mean, everybody brought food. We yeah. were, you know, it yeah. was a, no, it sounds good. It was back in the days yeah. when you got together. It wasn't like, you know, yeah. These days. And there was lots of diplomacy, you know, about yeah. going back and forth about should we do this, should we do that? Uh, let's try to make a pact with them. And where do we want to move this? You know, a lot of that was going on. We played a lot of the big multiplayer games with that group, like Empires and Arms and the other eras, and, and they were really into the big games with multiplayer. Mm-hmm. He did most of it. I mean, World of Flames was the big one that they really got into, but yep. it was always once or twice a month we would get together for these big, big game days, you know. Yep. So it was fun because it was, you know, that's how we got out of the house back then. Yeah. And now you've just completed. We have just completed uh, a major, a major undertaking. Yes. We've, over the years, we've done our share of historicals and all the, you know, campaign games and but what we wanted to do, one of the big things we've been searching for over all these years, because, you know, you go through these streaks where you get a bunch of wins and you get kind of depressed or one of a bunch of losses and you get kind of depressed. You know, you just, there's streaks. And we've always been looking for a way to just play random scenarios, but have some kind of, a, you know, something to gel it together, like a, our own mini campaign game just with random scenarios. And we came upon that in the long march, that heat of battle scenario pack yep. The communist Chinese, and they have a very rudimentary campaign system where it's basically just it's like a win loss. If you win, you earn so many points, but if you lose the scenario, you earn so many points, and that way you could keep this running tally. And then if you lost it, it the, those numbers are modified by losses. So you want to try to be as economical as possible with your without taking too many losses, either winning or you know defending or attacking. And we converted that into using it with Crucible of Steel. So we got all 32 scenarios together. We worked it out. We worked out the numbers, how it would play out. And we started this in late 2018. And our work, you know, our schedules have always been where we play when we can, but you know, work gets in the way, family gets in the way. And yeah, we've been we've been plugging away at ASL for 30 years now. But COVID hit and what became something that we foresaw as being like a seven-year project became a daily game, unheard of, unprecedented, and something I hope we never really have to go through again, perhaps, except for retirement. But we were playing ASL every day for like a year, for all of 2020. And what went from being something, a long-term project, we got through what, you know, at least 70% of those scenarios in 2020. Yep. Yep. And, And 2021, we got through every other scenario, except for the last one, the big one, and then all of 2022 was us just playing the final scenario, the big. Right. 104. Yep. yep. We just finished that a few weeks ago. I got to think there aren't too many folks that have played through every scenario in that pack. Yeah. I can yeah. tell you that um, I really enjoyed them all. And, you know, we, we didn't get it quite right on our scorekeeping, if you will, uh, for the losses and, and how that affected the score. But there was lots of other things we tracked like total CVP for both sides and how many wins and losses for each one and who, you know, was winning early or winning late and things like that. But it was very enjoyable. And, you know, when I look back at some of those scenarios, obviously you'd play some different, but it was really interesting to kind of see the progression as it went. And one guy would be up a couple scenarios and another guy would be up a couple, but it ended out, we each won 16, which was quite amazing. Wow. Yep. It yep. Came out perfectly balanced, which yep. is a testimony yep. to those scenarios. I think we both agree that they were all some of the best balanced mm-hmm. scenarios. Yep. Yeah. Who produces that game again? Why, that would be Bounding Fire Productions. Yep. Bounding yep. Fire Productions, maker of fine advanced squad leader products. Yep. Yeah. yeah and I don't know how much play testing went into it, but it had to be a fair amount. Uh, you know, I, I think Mike would attest to, uh, I don't want to speak for him, but I know a couple scenarios I set up wrong as the Russians and I got my butt kicked. 
but a lot of them, you know, if you just put a little thought into it and you just played them, I've thought they were well balanced. Most of them were. Yeah, they're very they're very meat and potato in that sense that you really have to dive into entrenchment rules, you know, knowing how to use wire, setting up pillboxes, how do you, you know how to overcome those obstacles with tanks or um, you know demolition charges or whatever the scenario gave you to. Over there, each one was a puzzle. I mean, they were very similar because, of course, you're using the same equipment throughout them all. But the challenge of each puzzle was kind of you know unique. Even you know, they were all really well well put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can tell you, as the Russians, the the Tigers obviously gave me fits, you know, and uh, that was some one aspect of it that, you know, I think I only, I think he was keeping track. I only knocked out a couple through the whole entire 32 series. How many? Four. Four, yeah. And, uh, you know, but every time he had them, you know, it changed wherever they were. If they were on one side of the map or the other side of the map, I had to change what I was going to do. I knew they were there and you knew they were coming, but you tried to come up with a plan to get them. But that was really interesting how they truly were relatively invincible as in, you know, real life. They didn't have anything they could knock about quite easily that point in the war. Except at the end there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a couple at the big you one. got a couple <laughs> So that was tank madness. Yes, I posted that a few places, like on Twitter, the you know the, the end the end scene, the sea of white flipped tank counters, you know, just from east to west. Yeah, that was really something. But in that one too, though, it, it really is relatively disheartening because you know obviously the Germans set up on the hill, and they're just I've got to see a tanks running across there, and he's just picking them off one after the another. All these fires are starting, and then. <laughs> And you kind of have your own personal morale check that you have to say, can I get through this? How many tanks can I lose and still win this game? You know, um, but then after a while, it, the tide turns a little bit, you know, and then. You've managed yeah. to pull that one out. There was a Russian win. So. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. I would definitely play that again if it wouldn't take us a whole year. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. now we're all, as with every scenario, right? It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Now we know what we're doing. Let's yeah. pick yeah. up the pieces and start over. And that took place on a pretty large section of the maps. It's a standard geomorphic setup, you know, like all crucible steel. It's mm-hmm. not a historical map. It's but I mean, uh, how many maps? Oh there? yeah, how many long was it? It was, uh, it was uh, four half maps and two full maps. So altogether, it would have been the equivalent of four maps. I don't think I played a scenario that large as far as maps go on Basel. So how how is it playing like that? Do you have to have a, a Computer screen, absolutely gigantic. I don't think so. Uh, my point of view was um, I do have two monitors and I keep the map on one and in my charts on the other. So I would definitely recommend that. But because you can scale the map to what works for you and it, it's not hard and you know you can have auto follow moves so the map will move where it goes. Um, so I didn't find it cumbersome at all. Um, I, I thought it was easy to play through because, you know, you kind of start re- almost all on one side and you get into the middle and you're all on the one end. So it's not like you're going end to end the whole time. And of course, the biggest the biggest draw, of course, is being able to label all the acquisitions and all the mm-hmm. labeling you can do with everything. Now, especially the changes that occurred while we were in the middle of doing all Crucible of Steel, as COVID allowed so much improvements within, within Basel. Mm-hmm. All, mm-hmm. all the little stuff we've always wanted over the years that have appeared within yep. the last year have just been incredible. Like what? Um, right-clicking on tanks and being able to say, like, you know, malfang guns, individual guns. Oh, mm-hmm. keeping track of CVP by saying that the crew either got out of the tank or was eliminated in the kill. Yep. Um, it's yep. just yep. all these little quality of life issues that, that have made Vassal so improved. Oh yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, the labeling in itself, just that. Um, because you do have a lot of acquisitions, especially if you're talking about specifically the 104 scenario, all those acquisitions for both sides can be a pain in the button that you kind of keep track of them. So using the labeling system for your tanks, it takes a little extra when you're setting it up, but you label all your tanks, your acquisitions, everything else. And then it's kind of easy to kind of follow from there. Sometimes you, when you got a lot of smoke on the board, you're saying, where's my acquisition, but it just takes a moment and you can find it. Um, but the labeling, I really like. I use it a lot myself. Yeah. And how do you label the tanks? I mean, what, what do you label them? 
Well, I just go with some random numbers. Like uh, if I got like a small platoon, I might do like 712, 713, 714. That's one little platoon. And then another one might be in the 600 range. Uh, you know, Mike uses a little different system than me, but just anything like that, um, keeping all your T34s within a certain series, you know, things like that, just little things, whatever works in your head. So did you have some uh, knowledge of the Kursk? action before you got started in this pack? I did. I know Mike did. I don't want to speak for him, but I've read several books on it. Um, I don't remember the titles right now, but um, uh, I found it very interesting. Um, and, you know, we, again, it wasn't so much we wanted something mid-war as we just wanted something that was a mini campaign game that we could turn into something like that. Um, and I think I suggested it to Mike. I didn't know because, you know, we usually take turns. What do you want to play next? And I suggested it. And he was like, yeah, sure. Let's do that. So, yeah, the reputation of the pack has always been stellar. So, mm -hmm. and then you played with, uh, with an ongoing scoring system scenarios. And yes, that, right. explain that. Was that standard, something standard for uh, Crucible of Steel pack? Or did you do something special? No, no, that, that's what we converted from the Long March system, that which is, has okay. that rudimentary yeah. campaign system. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's easily adaptable to any collection of scenarios. They don't have to mm -hmm. be related in any way. You can just, you could say, I want to play these 12 scenarios with a win loss record and then don't take too many casualties either attacking or defending, which modifies the final score. We basically <laughs> converted that with some of our own little extras. Yeah. And I would tell you as a, just a general rudimentary way that we looked at it was if the attacker um, lost 25% of his forces, he'd lose a point. If he lost 50% of his forces, he'd lose another point. If he lost 75% of his forces, he'd lose another point. And on the defensive side, if the defender lost more than 50% of their forces, they would lose a point. And if they lost more than 75, they'd lose another point. So as you can just see by that generalization, it just gives a, a very crude idea of how you did as far as preservation of force. Sometimes towards the end of a scenario, you knew you weren't going to win the scenario. You might try to save your forces, you know, that kind of thing. So our results, because it was just straight up based on the victory points as the, with the system we've described. Um, so all you had to do if we were looked at it strictly by the victory point scale using this campaign system is if you had one more point than the other guy, you were the winner, right? And what that didn't, we were discussing it after we had finished the whole set. And what it didn't take into account would be historical modifiers that we could have included, right? Like for the Germans to actually be the winners, you know, they couldn't win it by winning a 51% victory. You know, I mean, historically they would have had to do stellar. So we really didn't take into account any historic, you know, sort of historical analysis. Mm -hmm. We did that system strictly on a, you know, few, whoever has the most points wins. And we had a lot of ways to analyze the victory, right? Because as we said, it actually ended up being a 16-16 split in terms of win-loss ratio. So we look at it on that scale, it was a tie. But if we use our VP system, it was it actually came out in German favor, but just by a slim margin. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we also didn't, but we might if we ever do to get something like that again, is we didn't break down, you know, equipment losses versus manpower losses, which might've been yeah. something that, that, you know, would have made a difference in the grand scheme of things. Uh, um, you know, if, if, you know, lots of tigers would have been lost, I think that would have been more detrimental than, you know, some of the Panzer twos or something, you know. Exactly. So you can correct that next time you play this. Yeah, we'll start all over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Have you got something that play, to play next? I don't want to get off. It, it, no, but it's it's my turn to pick. So yep, yep, um, yep. I hadn't thought of anything because I thought we'd be doing this till twenty twenty six. So now I've got to dig through the yeah all the new products we've got waiting for us. Yeah, there's a lot of them. There are a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the ball the ball's in Mike's court and uh, yeah. just waiting for him to hit it on over here to see what we got. That's so. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, did, did you get many screenshots on Vassal? On yeah, yeah, I, you know, just based on all the saves alone from between, yeah. you know, periods, because of course we weren't completing whole turns on our typical evening of two or three hours of play. So at any point I can pull up, you know, from turn one to turn mm -hmm. any, any moment. 
Um, I've often tried to use the log feature where we just record the whole game. Yeah. You know, any any little disruption tends to stop the log file, yeah. and, and so I I kind of gave up on that. But yeah. But yeah, we can pull up screenshots of any almost any moment. Maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Some of them are quite interesting. And I go back and I think about them when we were playing them and, and, you know, I, I criticize myself quite heavily. I'll go, well, that one I really sucked on and that one I had a good defense and, you know, that one was really fun. And it was very evenly balanced or what have you. It's kind of nice to go back and look at them. And are there, are there any that stick out in your minds? Yeah. What were some favorites or. Well, I'll let Mike go first if he has well, any. I, Clearly, this last one uh, mm -hmm. is memorable. In my head, I break it down into basically, aside from the last one, three types of scenario situations in all of Crucible of Steel. As I say, each one is its own unique little puzzle, but it tended to be either Russians didn't, you know, unprepared defense, right? The Russians don't have a lot of um, wire and, and, and trenches and anti-tank assets. It's just sort of an improvised defense. And the Germans have to really move on them, right? The Germans tend to have fewer turns and they have to like really get these guys. Then there are the ones where the Russians get a ton of prepared defenses, right? And Germans get a lot more stuff to overcome these defenses. But, you know, you're dealing with all of this like teeth and wire and you know, all these prepared defenses. And you really have to figure out how you're going to break it in the timely fashion. And then there's this, the Russians get a few scenarios. I can't remember. It's less than like four or five. Yeah, there's only, I think, five. Yeah, yeah. where they counterattack, mm -hmm. and it tends to be very light. It's not any of the big actions. It's like Russian infantry just sort of doing a, you know, four or five turn game where they, they counterattack at an opportunity. But the meat of the game really is those ones where the Russians have all these prepared defenses. And, and I can't, I mean, I'm not, I can't think of any particular narratives but you know we were constantly figuring out way you really get to know those rules and so i it just those moments stick in my mind overall just uh, mm -hmm. learning to fight those defenses and learning more tricks and trying things yeah and i i would agree with that assessment and obviously the last one is you know was really really enjoyable um and i guess as i was playing the russians i really enjoyed those that uh um did give me a lot of defensive tools, if you will, because I always tried to, you know, outthink Mike and not do the same thing twice and put my wire where he's not expecting it, put him a, a minefield in his rally terrain where he might want to go, you know, and things like that. So I enjoyed the ones where I did get a little bit more wire and mines and trenches to befuddle the attack that I knew was coming, you know. Um, but again, no scenario in particular. I, I enjoyed them all. Yeah, they were all great. Mm -hmm. Was there uh, air support in any of these? Mm -hmm. Def definitely in the last one. That was the full-blown air. You know, both sides had air with a bit of dogfighting, which oh. was rarely done. Yeah, excellent. Mm -hmm. whole thing. excellent. And I think there were a few others where there was some. There was. The first one, uh, I think it was BFP 93, if I remember right, or 73. Um, 73, preliminary move? Yeah, I think he had like seven planes. He could only fly them once, I think. There was a little bit of special rules when that, but he got to do preliminary bombardment, try to, you know, chew me up a little bit before he had to take a hill, if I remember right. Um, and there was, I think, two or three other ones. But one thing I will say is, you know, he, uh, I just think it's worth noting the very first plane I flew in the last one, he shot it down before it even attacked anything. So that was fun. And then <laughs> the other thing that caught my mind is I think we had, I think it was three turn dog fight where none of us shot each other and our planes just went away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like Aww. you kept missing the rolls. Okay. Yeah. They yeah. Just, they make a dog yeah. Basically yeah. Shoot at the guy. Yeah. We would shoot at each other yeah. in yeah. a dog fight. Yeah. Nothing happened. <laughs> I like the BFP 93 Klein Stalingrad. Mm -hmm. Should be Klein Schmidt Stalingrad, but we all know. Right. That. I would submit that in as a suggestion, see if they help you out there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm sharing the screen. Can you see it? Yes, I can. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. So it does show on the website scenario attackers. They got it color coded along the right That's side. Right. Churchill's mm -hmm. at Kursk, relentless pressure, and then the last. Four were all the Russian counterattack. Yep. 
I would note too that that number 85 uh, was kind of enjoyable because that was all armor. That's all it was. Oh, and yeah. yep, the Russians just had the Churchills, uh, the Lend Lease, and then um, they had to, I think, get on top of a hill. I don't remember exactly, but that one was enjoyable. Um, it was mm -hmm. all, all armor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Couldn't recommend that more. Very, very good pack. Yep, absolutely. Well, we can see if we can get the designer on the show. There you go. Contact our friends at Bounty Fire, then maybe do a follow-up. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, excellent. Anything else you guys can add about it? or? Well, I just wanted to say, you know, I, I always see me and John as the voice of the unheard ASL players. You know, like your show tends to have designers or people who are in the tournament scene. And, you know, I, they, everybody kind of knows each other. But there's got to be a following of the game out there of just friends and fathers and sons and brothers who play the game and are, you know, never, yeah, never. Don't go to a again. tournament. Right. Don't. Mm -hmm. So I, it, it's always fun when we get to like kind of share stories that you know don't get any following. Mm -hmm. Yeah, although we're out there, you know, there's people out there. Although, mm -hmm. although your your achievement, it's going to intimidate them all. Yes, hey, contact us with your achievements. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't play all yeah. eighty two scenarios. <laughs> well, yeah. So. <laughs> I saw something recently that quoted a surprisingly high number i don't know how accurate it was because they did a you know they just did a sample poll in on facebook I, I think it was on facebook on how many war gamers play and it may have been in the asl forum play solo and it was like 30 35 oh, yeah. percent or something mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. high. surprisingly high so yeah i know there's a i gotta think there's a very big contingent out there that quietly play yeah just don't mm -hmm. get any of this stuff mm -hmm. And then behind me, I put up the board for that last scenario yeah, from the archive. Thank you, Dave Ramsey. And what are those boxes? Uh, that's the anti-tank ditch line. Did it have to go there? It had to go there. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. yep. Okay. Yep. So you can go through it. It has cracks. There are that. some holes in there. Right. And, and there's a, a special rule. If the Russian feels very aggressive, he can try to jump the AT ditch with a plus on his bog roll yes. so there's a little bit of gambling involved um i did not try that yeah. i just oh, shot yeah, I the gaps I, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, don't, I don't care as much about winning it's just trying out the all the crazy stuff that's right yeah yeah you got to get your sappers to build a ramp in front of it you know before you try it so yeah, give a, yeah, give a little left. couple of pluses on the die roll or negatives if you're rolling lower for success. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sounds excellent, yeah. gentlemen. So, thanks yeah. so much for sharing. Glad thanks you could join us, John. Yeah, thanks for inviting me, guys. I, I enjoy your two half squads. I don't listen to it as much as I'd like, but uh, you guys do a lot for the hobby too. I really appreciate that too. So, you oh, guys well. are good. Thanks. Yeah. For yeah. thanks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, hope to meet you sometime. Uh, in the in person yeah right then one day uh, i'll be in chicagoland one day and then michael have to drag me over there to your house or something yeah yep that'd be great mm -hmm. absolutely it would be great all right well take care and what, what we're looking forward to hearing from what whatever the next uh oh, yeah. series well, is you know we'll, we'll, be, something yeah. good, so. we'll be looking forward to yeah. he'll pick something good i know he will yeah. he's got a lot to choose from yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay all right well thanks john all right yeah thanks thank a lot you, you guys have a good night you too Bye-bye. I think that wraps up the show. Mike, do you have anything to say? Is your voice still uh, My voice up? is still weak, and I didn't bring my glasses, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why you. Yes. It's been a troubling <laughs> yeah. show tonight for me. But well, I'm just happy to be out of the house. Yeah, I'm glad you're feeling better, and I uh, <laughs> hope you come to a full recovery quickly. Thank you. Indeed. So thanks for joining us, Mike and John, and listeners out there in listener land. And we'll see you next time on the two half squads. But remember, in the meantime, to roll low, roll low and rally well, but, but not, not when, when you're playing, playing us. us. Darn right. Darn right. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. <laughs>